Hello everyone. One thing we have certainly learned about COVID-19 over the last 18 months is that this disease is a moving target. Whether it be politicians, pundits, or scientists, COVID continues to outsmart them all, creating anger, angst, and frustration for those who place their hope and trust in man's wisdom. So who do we turn to? God. As followers of Christ, we must seek unity and not allow the loudest voices to dictate our response or diminish the peace that knowing Christ affords to all who trust in Him. Romans 12:18 instructs us that if it is possible, as far as it depends on us, to live at peace with everyone. He told us to love our enemies, and those who simply disagree with us over current issues are certainly not our enemies. Don't be deceived by Satan. We shouldn't allow anything to disrupt unity or divide us. Who numbers our days? God. We are all terminal, and our earthly fate is in His hands. But should we do everything within our power to stop the spread of this disease and be healthy? Absolutely. Every day is a gift from God, presenting us the opportunity to bring glory to His name this side of heaven. Nothing about this disease or its devastating effects took our Lord by surprise. The difficulties we encounter in this life are opportunities for each of us to grow and shine, not wither and fade. So let's press forward in faith, giving no quarter to the enemy, whose objective is to divide, oppress, distract, and ultimately destroy us. Fellowship Bible Church of Northwest Arkansas will grow stronger through this pandemic. We will not yield to the strategies of the enemy or abandon those ideals found in the scriptures that we firmly believe. May his feeble efforts embolden our faith and fortify our resolve. Let us come together. Psalm 46 reads, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. God bless you. We're going to jump right into the song together, okay? Sing this with me. I searched. I searched the world. But it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise. These treasures of fade are never enough. Yeah, come on. Then you came along. And put me back together And every desire is now satisfied Hearing your love Oh, there's nothing better than you Oh, there's nothing better than you Oh, there's nothing
back to this verse. I'm not afraid altogether, church. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all. You still call me friend. Amen. Let's give him praise for that tonight. Hey, you guys can have a seat. Welcome to Mosaic. There's quite a parade here tonight. It's really fun. We'll come all the way over here, I think. Awesome. Well, welcome. If this is your first time here. We don't typically have a whole crowd of babies up on stage, but uh, 
We maybe do this about twice a year. It's our parent-child dedication. Um, but if you are new, we'd love to uh, point you to a couple of things you might want to know about. First, uh, getting connected. One of the easy ways to do that is to jump on the website and head to the I'm New page. Uh, another way to get connected would just be head out to the foyer, and, uh, and you'll be greeted by somebody there in the info booth. Um, and then I wanted to point you to, in, in a couple of weeks, on the 11th of September, we're going to jump into our next uh, series, the First Timothy series. And out in the foyer, uh, we're selling books for five bucks, and it's all that you will need for uh, this, this semester ahead. It's space to take notes in a service. It's questions for small groups. Uh, it, it's devotional guide for your week of study. So, uh, so that's, that's the quick of that. But it's clearly not what we're all excited about hearing. What we're excited about is the, the just vast number of cute faces on the stage tonight. Uh, and so uh, I wanted to just point to these families and say that this is a group of families that are clearly on the early stages of, of life here, the, the cusp of family life. And, and I know that in the crowd here tonight, we got, uh, we got singles, we got people that are grandparents that have launched their kids out and are celebrating new little ones around. We've got people that have grieved really hard losses of children. We've got people who uh, have experienced infertility and people that have experienced massive fertility. We just, we have a massive difference in families here at our church. And, and so uh, I, I don't know where you are tonight, but I hope that you can join these families and, and just be amongst those celebrating as they celebrate. Um, and so I wanted to just point to uh, some prayers that the parents have offered on behalf of their kids. They're going to roll here now, but as they do, would you just join them in praying over each of these sweet lives? Let's do that together. Evie Eliana. Evie means life, and Eliana means God has answered our prayers. Your name came to us in the ER of an Arizona hospital where the fear of losing you was trumped by God hearing our prayers and giving you life. I love being your daddy, and your life has already taught me a fuller understanding of God's love for me. My prayer is that the abundant life of Jesus shines bright throughout all of your days, and you will see God continue to answer your prayers amidst the mountains and the valleys that you will face in this life. Evie Eliana, you are our rainbow baby. After the storm of the miscarriage of your sister Lucy, we didn't know what God had in store for our family, but we trusted in his plan, regardless of a very unusual and scary pregnancy with you. Our amazing God knew that this world and the Godwins, we needed our Evie Eliana. And even right now, in this moment, I looked up at the sky and there's a rainbow that just formed. Evie, you are beautiful beyond measure. We believe and have faith that your life has been uniquely written by the creator of the entire universe, and you are a blessing and a perfect gift from the Lord that we don't take for granted. Love you, boo-boo. Elijah, we're so grateful for your health and your incredibly joyful personality. You bring complete and utter happiness to your mom and I each and every day, from that smile in the morning all the way to our goodnight kiss. Seeing that happiness that you bring others when they see your perfect little smile shows us how God is using you even now. We pray daily that you would come to know the Lord and that he would touch your life in the same way that he's influenced ours. Above all, we pray that you would use your relationship with the Lord and your joyful heart to love on others and show them the goodness of God. 
Claire, you are such a sweet and pleasant addition to our family. Your easygoing, curious nature is so fun to watch, and you love to discover and have been going on adventures since you were first able to crawl. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. It is our prayer that you would get to know the Lord, turning to him in the good times and the bad, and spread his joy to those around you. Rosalie, God knew that we needed you in our lives in 2020. We adore your ability to smile at anyone you meet and love your calm and sweet spirit. Daily, we pray for God to be at the center of your life and to allow his never-failing love to fill your heart. Canon, your name means measure your life with the word and wise counsel. Your presence was gifted to us at a time that we will forever bookmark as the answer to years of prayers and waiting. You are the perfect bookend to our family and you round us out in such fun ways. You love your big siblings and they dote on you always. We chose Romans 12, 9 through 11 because we pray that you will be quick to put love into action for those who need it. Finn, thank you for joining our family. Your smile, easygoing attitude, and naturally pointy hair continually brighten our lives. Our hearts cannot contain the joy and gratitude that you bring us daily. We pray that you would grow in love and knowledge of Jesus Christ as your Savior and walk in intimate relationship with him. We pray that you and your brother Sully would strengthen and encourage one another, pointing each other toward your heavenly Father and blessing the world with love together. Benji, we pray that the Lord would reveal himself to you more and more each day, and that as you grow, your heart will soften toward the gospel. We pray that you will turn towards Christ and follow him all the days of your life, clinging to Christ through the storms of life and joining in the work that Christ has called you to do. Amen. All right. Well, I am, uh, I'm indebted to uh, a prayer by Douglas McKelvey called The Changing of Diapers, which seems <laughs> applicable in these moments. And so would you join me in praying over these parents together tonight? Father, whether it's changing diapers or consoling tears or challenging defiance or cultivating humility, we pray that these parents would remember this truth, that their unseen labors are not lost for it is these repeated acts of small sacrifice that, like bright, ragged patches, are slowly being sewn into a quilt of loving kindness that swaddles these children. And each moment of loving and serving remind them that they are tending a budding heart that, rooted early in such grace-filled devotion, might one day be more readily inclined to bow to your compassionate conviction knowing itself then as both a receptacle and a reservoir of heavenly grace, as these parents themselves are to these kids. May your nearness carry them along in each of the 10,000 acts by which they are actively creating a culture of compassionate service and selfless love to shape the life of their family, these beloved children, and your church. We pray that in your name. Amen. And then I turn to you, the congregation, who will be uh, amongst these families. You'll be out in the foyer greeting, or you'll be somebody in a classroom with them, or you might be the host home for their peers someday. I don't know, but you'll be in the lives of these kids. And so 
I want to borrow a section of that same prayer and ask you to pray it on behalf of the commitment that you make as a part of this congregation to loving the next generation well. And it goes like this. God, open our eyes that we may see these acts for what they are from the fixed vantage of eternity, O Lord, how the changing of a diaper might sit upstream of the changing of a heart and how the changing of a heart might sit upstream of the changing of the world. Amen. Thanks, Mosaic. We love you. Man, what an awesome picture. This is just such a, a picture of God's grace. Um, those are awesome. Man, I'm gonna invite you guys to stand with us again. You know, as we do that, we're gonna sing a song that you guys are gonna know. And it, it, it says, Lord, I need you. And, and I was thinking as we were playing in this, this gathering that, man, how awesome is it to come together as the church and cry out dependency? You know, there's one thing that's been encouraging to me over these past few months of being here at Mosaic, it's that. Standing next to people who love Jesus and can remind me that I need him. I need him, I'm so desperate for him. And that's what we're gonna do tonight in this next music set. It's all about our desperation for Jesus and his faithfulness. Bree's gonna lead us.
gospel, your sacrifice, what we sing from tonight, your victory, your faithfulness, it's never changing, Jesus. And we need you. Every hour we need you. Oh man, make that real to us tonight. Just a refresh of our need for you. Our dependence, Jesus. Speak to us tonight, Lord. We love you. Amen. Amen. In Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, he looks at what, what helps organizations uh, make a change from being fine, good, mediocre, to really great, to really accomplishing something big that lasts. And, and there's one concept uh, that, that has kind of stuck with me that I've been chewing about for a while. He talks about the difference between a fox and a hedgehog. Ready for a little animal lesson here. Animals are still cool, right? Okay, so when you think about what a fox does, foxes are sly. They're tricky. They're always finding a new approach. They're always trying to figure out how can they throw something at you that you didn't expect. Hedgehogs are remarkably simple. They don't think much about life. They don't have a lot of tricky things. They go about their business, but when the fox has executed his masterful plan and comes in to attack what does the hedgehog do? Curls up, puts up his defenses, and the fox doesn't have a chance. All of the fox's plans go to nothing. No matter how many new creative ideas the fox comes up with, he fails because the hedgehog has one simple plan that works every time. And he sticks to it. He does it over and over and over again, and he's successful. And what Colin says is organizations need to find their hedgehog idea. They're one simple thing that we can do really, really well and then stick to it. And I've been chewing on and wondering, I mean, he's talking about businesses and how to make businesses succeed, but I've been wondering, does the church have a hedgehog idea? I mean, is it up to us to come up with some new radical strategy every year? Or is there actually... One simple plan that we can stick to and run over and over again. C.S. Lewis, who was a believer and an Oxford scholar, he was writing and speaking during World War II, and he said this. He was trying to find what we would anachronistically call the hedgehog concept for Christianity. He said, every Christian is to become a little Christ. The purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. That's it. The purpose of this faith is to make people like Jesus. That's the really simple plan. That's all there is to it. What does he mean to become a little Christ? He doesn't mean become little saviors or become little kings. Uh, what he means is a, a good friend of mine, Alex Bell, uh, he has a, front, a, a son named Gray. And when you talk to Gray you are talking to a mini Alex. It's remarkable. They dress the same, they look the same, they talk the same, they have all the same mannerisms. Like Gray is a little Alex. Lewis is saying the purpose of Christianity 
is to make people who think, who love, desire, and behave like Christ. That's our plan. That's the strategy. That's the move. That's what we're after. And so I want to spend some time, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about Fellowship Mosaic going forward this year. And what are we after? How are we going to pursue this idea of making people like Christ together? And so um, let's pray, and we're going to dive in and try to get a little bit more clarity on what that looks like here. Lord, we love you, and God, we want to be more like you. We want to be like Jesus. And Lord, there are a lot of things going on. There are so many problems in the world, so many problems in our community, and so many problems in my heart that need to be fixed. And it would be easy for me to think that such a multitude of problems requires an equally large number of solutions. But Lord, I'm convinced that you're the answer. So God, I pray that you'll guide us tonight into what it looks like for a church to be devoted to the purpose of making people like Jesus. Yes, these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, here at Fellowship Bible Church, this larger church that we here at Fellowship Mosaic are a part of, um, we talk about our simple purpose in, in three, three kind of ideas that all build on each other. We talk about why we exist, what we exist to see happen, and then how we're going to do it. The why is our purpose, and it's simply this, to glorify God. At the highest level, everything we do should have the purpose of making God look great. That is our ultimate objective. That is our why. That is our very reason for being. So what do we want to see happen? What are, we, what are we committed to seeing? Check out this vision. Our vision, our dream for our church that we've been chasing after for decades is to change the heart and soul of Northwest Arkansas and the world. Now, when I first heard that vision statement, I passed over it pretty quickly, thinking that, that sounds really sweet. Yeah, everybody wants to change the world. But think about the audacity of that vision. That, that vision statement, that dream, is saying that this community, Northwest Arkansas, should be a different place because this small gathering of believers exists. That simply by virtue of us being here and living out our lives, Northwest Arkansas should be a different place. Now, it actually goes one step further. That the world should be changed. Can you imagine? That's an absurd statement, isn't it? To think that this gathering of people in this room right now by our mere existence, could alter the trajectory of the entire world, even if in some small way. That's a bold dream. But it falls under the banner of glorifying God. This is not to make a name for fellowship, mosaic. This is to make a name for God, to make him known across the world. So then how do we do that? This is how it gets down to the nuts and bolts of what we are gonna be after, what we've always been after, and what we'll continue to pursue. What is our mission? How do we do this? How do we believe we will see the world changed? This is our way of saying the same thing that Lewis said. We exist to produce and release spiritual leaders who know and express the authentic Christ in Northwest Arkansas and the world. That feel like a little bit of a mouthful to you? Hey, it's put in 
1980s and 90s leadership development language. And so if that sounds a little foreign to you, if that, if that doesn't connect, I just wanna walk through it piece by piece. What are we saying we're here to do and how we're gonna go about this? To produce means to see something transformed in people. The way we're gonna see the world changed is by seeing people changed. To see people in this church transformed, produced, and then released means we're gonna let them loose on the world. That's our entire process. People come into this church and we wanna see people transformed and then we wanna see them unleashed on the world. What kinds of people? We use the name, the name spiritual leaders. What do we mean by spiritual leader? Simply this, to be spiritual means to be growing to be more like Christ. That's all spirituality is. Spirituality, as defined by the scriptures, is to be made more like Jesus. And when we say leadership, we don't, we're not talking about a position. We're talking about an influence in another person's life. So what's a spiritual leader? It's someone growing to be more like Jesus who has a heart to serve and impact other people. That's it. That's our entire strategy. We want to see people made more like Jesus and we want to unleash them on the world to make Jesus known. That's what we're after. It's that simple. That is our hedgehog concept. That this church is committed to seeing people made more like Jesus and unleashed on the world. And we're convinced that when people have the mind and the heart and the behavior of Jesus and you put them in the marketplace, retail's gonna be changed. We're convinced when people have the heart and the mind and the behavior of Jesus and you unleash them in the schools, education is gonna be changed. When you put them in the neighborhoods, when you put them on, dare I say, social media, the neighborhoods and social media will be changed. This is it. This is the only play we run. See people transform to be more like Jesus, unleash them on the world. That is what we as a church are committed to. So I wanna take a look, just as a vision of, of the nuts and bolts of what does this transformation unleashing process look like. I wanna take a look at Acts chapter two with you. If you got your Bibles, or uh, you know, if like Moses, you read God's word on a tablet, Go ahead and flip there. I'm sorry, that was really bad, but I just needed to breathe for a minute. We're gonna be in Acts chapter two, verse 42. This is the, the first gathering of the church. After Jesus has died and risen again, he commissioned these people to this very purpose. He put his spirit in them, and he said, you're gonna be transformed, and I'm gonna send you out in the world to make me known. That's the challenge of Acts chapter one, Here's Acts chapter two. Here's how it looked. The description of the early church. I'm gonna read this passage through one time and then we're gonna break it down a little bit. Acts chapter two, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take this paragraph over the next two weeks. We're gonna start with the first half of this week and then Colin Jackson's gonna lead us through the second half next week. And we're gonna ask, what does it look like for us to live this out? And there's a key word that I want us to just really focus in on and it's that first action word, they devoted themselves. These are the things that the early church was devoted to. Now I'm curious, just in your mind right now, what does the word devoted bring to your mind? Is anyone else here, Olivia Newton-John singing to John Travolta? Am I the only one that goes there? Okay, because that when I hear the word devoted, that's immediately what comes to my mind. I am hopelessly devoted to you. The word devoted, it means a heartfelt commitment. It means I am sticking with you no matter what. Nothing is gonna shake me loose of this. Acts chapter two describes what this early church was stuck to, what they clung to, what they said, we're not gonna let go of this no matter what happens. So what was this church devoted to? Take a look at it. They devoted themselves, first of all, to the apostles' teaching. Okay, what does that mean, the apostles' teaching? You see, and I'm sorry, we're gonna have to go on a little bit of a history nerd rant here. I'll try to keep it short. When, when the early church started, there was no New Testament scripture. All you had is what we would call the Old Testament. And then you had the life of Jesus that just blew everything up. And so Jesus personally picked a collection of people and he said, I want you to be my messengers to go tell everybody what I've done and what I've said. And those group of people he called apostles, which means like the sent out representatives. So these were the eyewitnesses of the life and ministry of Jesus who were telling everybody, this is what happened, this is what Jesus said. If, if the goal is to become like little Christs, well, for a whole group of church that had never met Jesus in person, how are they supposed to find out what this Christ is like? By learning from the people who knew him firsthand. So what they're doing is they're gathering and they are hanging on the apostles every word. They're saying, tell us, tell us more about Jesus. Tell us more about what he said. Tell us more about what he did. What was it like to be with him? And the apostles are going through the stories and they're going through his teaching. And it says the people clung to the apostles' teaching. Now, we don't have any eyewitnesses of Jesus walking the earth right now. No one, who, no one alive right now was alive then on earth. So the apostles, guided by the Spirit, wrote their teachings down for us. And that gave us the New Testament. So today, to be a church devoted to the apostles' teaching means that we are a devoted New Testament church committed to the scriptures, that we want to learn together, that we wanna be a people who hang on these words. In the early um, first century Roman context the church was growing in, this was actually a really odd thing. In, in religion in the Roman world, people didn't study their religion's texts. If you lived in Rome or Galatia or one of the cities at that time, your common person did, purpose, did not study religion. They didn't study ethics. They had paid professionals to do that. They were called priests and philosophers. Your common person never read a religious text. And you know what the Romans said about Christians in the first and second century? 
those Christians are turning everyone into philosophers. That was their reputation. Isn't that odd? Because for the first time, there was this faith spreading where everyone became students. Everyone wanted to know the scriptures. And that was a mark of the early church that distinguished them from all the other faiths around, was studying the truths of the faith was not reserved for the paid professional. It was for everyone. So as a church this year, we're gonna be devoted to learning together, to diving into the scriptures and growing. What was the, what was the next thing? It says, they were devoted to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Now this word fellowship, it's an interesting word. Um, one Greek dictionary describes it this way. It says that fellowship, let's pull that, that definition up there. Fellowship is close association involving mutual interests and sharing. Think about that definition for a minute. Close association involving mutual interest and sharing. What does that mean? You're gonna get close to some other people and you're gonna make their concerns your concerns. You're gonna make their needs your needs. You're gonna make their joys your joys. And you're gonna do it the other way around too. You're gonna share your concerns, your needs, your joys, your sorrows together. The early church was committed to doing this. Now, when we read a profile of the people in the early church, this was a really odd mixture of people. Like in one passage, Paul lists all the different kinds of people that are in the church. And he says, there are people who were murderers, slave traders, slaves, prostitutes, abusers, wealthy business people and people living in poverty, all meeting in a living room together. And they made each other's concerns their own. Now, oftentimes, I can tell you when I have wanted what we call authentic community, what I have thought authentic community meant was hanging out with other people who felt easy to be around because they were a lot like me. Being around people like you who are easy to be around has never been the model of biblical community. Biblical community is getting around people who are really different than you and saying, I'm gonna be devoted to you. I'm gonna be devoted to your concerns, your needs, and I'm gonna share my needs and my concerns with you. It also says that they broke bread together. Now, nerds disagree on what exactly this means, but there are two basic options. I prefer the term nerd to scholar. I think it's more accurate. And so some people think that breaking bread means taking communion. Others say that breaking bread might just mean sharing a meal together. It, it could go either way. I lean a little bit more towards sharing a meal together because usually references to communion are gonna include both bread and wine. So probably what's being described here is they were committed to fellowship, sharing life together, and enjoying meals together. I see two sides of a coin here. Of a coin here. It's almost like, they're committed to the heavy things and they're committed to the lighter things. The simple sharing a meal together for life. We're gonna be devoted to fellowship and breaking bread or we could say to gathering together and serving together. Meeting the needs of both those who are in our community and outside of it. And then the final thing that it says they were devoted to was they were devoted to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. They were committed. They were attached to. They weren't letting go of prayer. 
Now, many of us, when you think of prayer, you probably picture somebody by themselves on their knees talking to God, and that is absolutely a beautiful and true picture of prayer. But you know what a more common form of prayer for people of faith back then was? Does anybody know what our prayer book of the Bible is? Y'all can say it back. It's the Psalms. And how did people say the Psalms? They did not speak them in private, kneeling. They sang them together. One of the primary pictures of a praying church is a singing church. That's how we pray together. We gather together just like we did tonight. And we sing our prayers to the Lord. Everything from praising him for who he is to celebrating what he's done to lamenting and crying out when we're in pain and asking him for help. They were devoted to being a praying, worshiping church. So this is the spectrum of what we're committed to. We're gonna, we're gonna learn together. We're gonna gather and serve together. We're gonna pray together. And look at what happens as a result. That was all that they were committed to. This was their responsibility. Look what happens in verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The people had a clear commitment, and then they saw God at work. God did amazing things. At the end in verse 47, we'll look at this next week, but I'll steal a little bit of the thunder. The Lord started adding to their number. Here's a fascinating thing. They were not devoted to growing in numbers. That was not the early church's commitment. The early church's commitment was to growing in Christ-likeness. And when they committed themselves to a depth of growth, of being like Jesus, God took care of the numbers. Their commitment was to growing together. And so to sum it all up, what do we call someone who's grown to be more like Jesus? We call that person a disciple. We are gonna be committed to making disciples together. We have one play we have one simple hedgehog concept that all of this comes together. And so we want to see people made more like Jesus. And we're convinced that when as a church we become devoted to those things, that we become devoted to the processes God has given to making us more like Jesus, we're going to see that group of people unleashed on Northwest Arkansas and the world, and Northwest Arkansas and the world will be changed. And God will get all of the glory. Or to say it another way, when broken pieces come together and find out that they matter to God, that every single one of those broken pieces matter, they get transformed and God puts them into a community, a mosaic that paints a picture of Jesus and only one gets the glory from that picture. That's who we are. That's what it means to be fellowship mosaic. Now, this has been a lot of insider talk. And so if you are visiting tonight and you're not ready to be devoted to any of those things, that's great. We're so glad you're here. And we invite you just to hang around and see what it's like. Maybe you're coming from a place where you're what we, we sometimes call church toast, which means at some point a church has burned you. And you are really hesitant to be devoted to what's going on here. In fact, you say, the Christians I've been around don't look like little Christs. They look like little devils. And you're not that interested in being a part of that. Again, we say, that's okay. We're really glad that you're here. 
and you are safe to continue to be here and check it out. But to those of us who call this family our home, to those of us who want to be a part of what God's doing at Mosaic, the question is, are you in? Are you ready to be devoted to seeing yourself and those around you made more like Jesus? To learn together, to gather together, to serve together, to worship together and to make disciples together. That's our prayer, that's our dream, and it's not one we came up with. We really believe it's one that God gave us, that God commissioned from his son Jesus to the people that started the first church. It's the only play we got, and we're, we are devoted to running this play. So are you in? God, we wanna see the world changed. And we are committed that your method of changing the world is by changing us. As one of your followers once said in response to the question, what's wrong with the world? I am. So Lord, change us. Change me. Transform us to be little Christs. To think like Jesus to desire the things that Jesus desires, to say the things Jesus would say and to do the things Jesus would do. And Lord, we wanna pursue that together. In all of this, we wanna see Northwest Arkansas transformed. We wanna see the world transformed. And we wanna see you glorified. God, we can't do any of this on our own. So Lord, would your spirit empower this devotion? Would your grace cover us as we fail? We love you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Die. 
Amen.
thrilled to grow with you this year. We're thrilled to grow to be more like Jesus and we wanna invite everyone to jump in, to be all in and grow together. So whenever we do announcements up here, um, this is more than just bullet board time or bulletin time, this is opportunities to grow together. So we wanna tell you about a couple that are coming up. One, to learn together. We have some women's studies that are launching September 8th, women's fall studies, to dive into the word and grow. And so we wanna invite you to jump in on that. Um, you can do that one of two ways. Um, you can scan the QR code on the screen or you can just go to mosaicnwa.org news. You'll always find anything that's going on right there. The second thing, particularly if you are newer here and you're trying to figure out what does it look like to become a part of this, we have this awesome experience called Discover Mosaic where it is a, a study for this fall. It's a community group where we gather together and, and explore more fully what is this church all about? And what does it look like for me to connect and grow and be a part of this place? So we invite you to jump in on Discover and, and learn what it looks like to become, to make this place your home, to make this place your family. Same thing, you can scan the code or go to the, the news site. Fellowship Mosaic, we're excited to grow together this fall. Be blessed and have an awesome week. We'll see you.